Always Listening, Podcast 101 continues with How Do I Record My Podcast? We're talking hardware and software. Welcome to Always Listening. I am your host, Joel Sharpton, CEO of Pro Podcasting Services, and I am always listening. Podcasting 101 continues. This episode, we're going to be talking about how do I record my podcast, hardware and software. First and foremost, we're going to start with the microphone. Well, actually, we're going to start with a disclaimer. This entire Podcasting 101 series will, of course, as always, be available in audio, but I must admit, I found the last episode, and I know this one, is going to be probably better in the video format. So, if you're listening to this and you find it lacking as we go through the content, I'd strongly suggest checking out my YouTube channel, and I'm sorry, I promise my next series will be at least theoretically more audio focused and a little less uh, handicapped in the direction of video. All right, back to the message. We're going to start with microphones. Microphones is what this is all about. If people can't hear you, they're not going to pay attention to the content that you're creating. That's especially true for an audio podcast, but even in a video format, don't you find that videos that aren't coming from a creator who's found out a way to capture their audio cleanly and precisely and boost it to a level that makes it easy to hear whether you're using headphones or just your uh, device's speakers, you're probably going to find another creator that's creating similar content, right? There are, without exaggeration, thousands of microphones made quote unquote, for podcasters. There are two that I'm going to recommend to you and anyone else that's listening or watching to this podcast. If I'm being honest, I'm going to cheat at this. There's a third that I'm going to recommend as an also ran, but we'll get there in a moment. The first one is a standard, the ATR 2100 or now the ATR 2100X. This has been the go-to for podcasters all the way back to when I began podcasting myself in 2012. The ATR2100 is a great microphone. It's also incredibly affordable and has a great return policy in case anything ever goes wrong with the mic itself. It has a USB connection, so you can plug it directly into your computer. Maybe you'll need a different cable, depending upon uh, whether you're a Mac user or a PC user, whether your computer's brand new or a few years older. But you can use a single cable to go from the microphone directly to your computer and use it for web conferencing, podcast recording, or YouTube video capturing directly. The ATR2100X also offers a traditional XLR connection, which means that if you're ever at a live event and have multiple people that you're trying to connect to in one place, you can use something like a Rodecaster Pro or a standard mixer or a portable recorder like the Zoom uh, PodTrack P4, which I prefer. Any of those traditional audio devices are going to want an XLR cable, and the ATR2100 offers that as well. The ATR2100X can be found for about $80, give or take, and occasionally you can find a super sale price on Amazon or something like that. There will be, of course, links for all the gear mentioned in the show notes, even if you're listening to the audio version as well. 
Like the ATR2100, the second microphone I'm going to recommend to you contains both a USB connection and a traditional XLR connection. It's a little bit more expensive. To my ears, it's a lot better sounding. And frankly, it looks better on camera too. It's the Shure MV7. And this one's going to run you about $249, depending again if you find it on a sale price. Why is it better? It mimics the S7B from Shure, which is the broadcasting standard microphone and has been for years, or I should say it's one of. Uh, there are lots of different models and different brands that uh, radio broadcasters prefer, but if you're a Shure person, the S7B has been your mic for a long time. The Shure MV7 is now that, but specifically targeted at podcasters and streamers that are using a USB connection primarily. Now, I said I was going to cheat and give you a runner-up. A number three, I'm actually going to give you a three and a four. You'll notice I'm not using any of the microphones that I've spoken about so far, at least if you're watching the video. I'm using a wireless microphone that I've taken to using every time that I do video, and it's the Pedood, P-E-D-O-O-D. It's a strange model, but it comes in this cool little capsule like this. Looks like a giant AirPods case or something, and not only does it contain the receiver, but two wireless microphones as well. So you can pin this on your shirt, you can hold it as I've done in videos previously, and then the receiver plugs directly into your computer or even your camera uh, or microphone depending upon the connection that you want to use, and you can capture audio even from two subjects at the same time, and I've done this a lot already. This is a great little set, runs about a hundred bucks online. That's runner up number one. Runner up number two is my original podcasting microphone, the Pile. PD Mic 58. It is a off-brand copy of the Shure S58 that, again, was kind of a standard for karaoke mics or, I don't know, if your dad, like mine, was in a gospel quartet, he probably used a Shure S58. This is the off-brand version of that. The quality on the mic itself is just as high as the Shure version, but the price is rock bottom. And when I say rock bottom, I mean rock bottom. I can still today order one of these for about 16 bucks on Amazon. Cheaper than that if you order them in a multi-pack. I used to joke that I would use these as hammers because they're cheaper than going to Lowe's. And they really are. 16 bucks on Amazon today. What's the downside? It's XLR only. No USB connection for this Pile PD Mic 58. Uh, the link for that's going to be in the show notes. But if you have a simple audio interface where you can plug the XLR jack into the front, you can run that into a USB into your computer or your phone, your tablet, whatever you're recording into, this will work for you. And it's exactly what I did because it was my cheapest way in when I first launched. The ATR2100X was the ATR2100 at the time, and I think it was running about $120, $150. I found a two-input interface, a USB interface, for $69, and the pile was $15 at the time. No, the pile was $10 at the time. So for about 80 bucks, I had my setup complete when I first started recording from home. All right, I'm assuming one of those mic choices fits you and your needs. Now let's move on to camera. I've got one single camera recommendation for you, and it's the camera that I'm using myself. 
it's an iPhone. Folks, if you're an Android user, I'm afraid this is one time that I don't actually have a recommendation for you. There are lots of great webcams out there. There are even webcams that are made for 4K capture. There are even webcams that have smarts in them so that they'll track a subject. Really cool choices out there. Do some Google Foo. If you happen to be an iPhone user though, if you have an iPhone 11 or newer and you're using a Mac, you've got a feature built in called Continuity Camera. Continuity Camera will allow you to use your iPhone as your webcam, or in this case, a capture device that you're using a capture software to record a podcast with. In my case, I'm taking that one step further, even though I am a Mac user, and I'm using a piece of software called Camo. Camo allows me to control the features that the iPhone has available and take it again one step further by downloading the Camo app on your phone and you can even decide which lens that the video is using every single time that you load up uh, your phone as a webcam on your computer. But Joel, how am I gonna balance the phone and use it as a webcam? In my case, I'm using a really cool magnetic attachment. And again, link is in the show notes. I've got this with double-sided tape stuck to the back of my laptop. It unfolds. And not only can I use it as a webcam holder for my iPhone, but when I'm not using it for that, I can hold the iPhone to the side of the screen. It sort of rotates in both directions so that I can use the iPhone as a second screen uh, in in case I've got a message thread or something like that open on the side or if I'm tracking the weather or a sports score while I'm working on the Mac itself. Very, very useful device. Link in the show notes. I hear you. Joel, I don't want to shoot this on my laptop. I don't want some magnetic attachment on my computer or my monitor. So what am I supposed to do to use my iPhone? Well, a standard tripod and a magnetic attachment. This one is from Moment. It's a company that I absolutely love. They actually make an even smaller one than I also have. I have it in my bag inside, but it's basically just this piece here with a little attachment that'll screw onto any tripod. I've used that a ton of times. I bought this one as sort of an upgrade. You can screw on at any point to the tripod itself. That's what all these little holes are for, but also it's got uh, cold shoe attachments at the top and it's even got uh, some cable routing if you need to plug something in. And my favorite part of all of these is that they are magnetic. Now, I said earlier for the continuity camera, you need about an iPhone 11 or newer. First of all, the lenses are much better in those uh, iPhones, but also I think older than that, the software is actually not supported. The feature itself is not supported on the iPhone 10 and older. If you wanna use a magnetic attachment like this, you're gonna need a MagSafe supporting phone, which is an iPhone 12, or newer anything moving forward i would imagine that iphone uh, that apple is going to support the magsafe standard for a long time moving forward as a matter of fact they've actually adopted that now industry-wide so a lot of android phones are also going to support these sorts of magnetic attachments uh, over the next several years as it's now become an industry standard as part of qi 2 charging so that's my camera situation folks the iPhone is a fantastic camera. If you're already an iPhone user, you already own it. So there's no reason to go out and buy a DSLR camera or even some 4K compatible webcam. 
you can capture all the way up to 4K footage on any modern iPhone 11 moving forward, and you can attach it easily using magnets on the iPhone 12 moving forward. So we've talked about mics, we've talked about cameras, let's talk about software. If, like me, you're doing a lot of solo recordings, and again, you own a Mac, the answer is QuickTime Player. Everyone thinks about this, if you think about that software at all, as a, uh, a software to play videos, and that's primarily what it's made for. But if you go to the menu and you use File, and then the drop-down option is New Movie Recording, you can do just what I'm doing right here and capture a video. If you use the camo software or continuity camera itself, you can choose your iPhone camera as the webcam option. And in my case, I've got my microphone receiver plugged in to QuickTime. And so it's capturing my mic audio as well directly into the QuickTime video. I then export that into an audio version, put the video version into YouTube. There you go, all sorted. But Joel, I don't use a Mac. Well. All Windows software as well has a camera app built into it, which you can choose which camera you're going to access, which microphone you're going to use for the capture, and then click record. Right there, you've got a file that you can use for YouTube and turn it into audio if you want to, to distribute into the podcast platforms. What if you're going to have guests? Well, if the guests are going to be on site, again, you're already sorted. Just get a better camera angle, maybe a two-camera setup, so you set up another iPhone on a tripod and you're just capturing the video directly to be able to have a second angle to cut to when you're editing the video and audio after the fact. But either way, if you're going to be in person, again, I'd suggest using your iPhone. If your guests are going to be remote, though, you're going to need a software solution for it. The first one that I'd suggest is, again, the one that most of my clients are using. It's Riverside.fm. The link is in the show notes, and they'll do the sales pitch for you. But the short answer is it captures video all the way up to 4K. They've got transcription options available now. And the video and audio is captured remotely for each participant. So if there is an internet issue on your end or one of your guests, none of that will come through in the final recording. You'll be able to get high-quality audio and high-quality video from each participant for the entire conversation. But what if, like I joked in a previous episode, you want a panel discussion or some sort of game show where you need 10 participants or more on in a single episode? Then I'm going to suggest you're looking for a streaming software, even if you don't plan on actually live streaming the show itself. The two software that are most prevalent across the industry are StreamYard and OBS. Both of these will allow you to bring in different video inputs, audio inputs, mix them together as if you were doing a live production, and in this case, export those to a single file. One video file, maybe even an audio file as well, then you can use those in whatever way you want to, even if you don't live stream. 
There's one runner up that I'll mention here, which is Ecamm Live. Ecamm was a great software that was used for years to capture Skype calls. Once Skype began to break that function uh, pretty regularly, Ecamm pivoted into the streaming era. And if you're using a Mac, Ecamm Live is an excellent software that is very user-friendly to set up, allows for overlays. You can bring in different video connections from other apps. And uh, not only can you connect via Skype or Zoom or something like that, but you can capture all of the audio and video on your computer itself. I would caution with any uh, show like that where you're going to have multiple participants, bandwidth is going to be at a premium. And if you've got consistent bandwidth issues where you're recording, it's going to be a problem. So there you go. Whether you're recording a solo show, just you and a co-host, or even a panel of 10, we've talked about the hardware and the software that'll get you capturing audio and video for your podcast. In the next episode, we're going to talk about how you start a podcast. We're going to talk about our very first recordings on the next episode of Always Listening. Yeah, I know I ain't seen it all, but I've seen Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all of our past episodes, including more than 100 podcast reviews, at alwayslisteningpod.com. In Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. For help on your podcast, visit propodcastingservices.com. Our theme song is Enough from Bethany Raymond. Say no.